Welcome everybody to the Shop Notes Podcast. This is episode number 62, if you can believe it. I am Logan Whitmer. Uh, Phil and John are out on spring break this week, so we're joined by two new faces to the podcast uh, that I wanted to introduce you guys to. So before we get started, let's take a second to thank today's sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Shaper Tools, the makers of the Shaper Origin. It's the handheld CNC router that brings digital precision to the craft of woodworking. Take advantage of Shaper's spring deal where you can save $150 in added accessories by March 28th. Visit shapertools.com to learn more about how you can upgrade your workshop with the Shaper Origin. All right. So, like I said, John and Phil are out this week on spring break. So we have two new faces or two new voices for people not watching on YouTube. Uh, I say new, but you guys have been here forever, right? Pretty much. <laughs> Is that a girl? We have a girl on what? staff? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so uh, I figured we would have a couple new people join us uh, and... Kind of get your guys' story, because I think everybody that works with us, and I think you guys would agree with me, everybody that works at Woodsmith kind of has an interesting and unique background. I don't think I don't think there's two people on staff that really have the exact same interests and the exact same you know hobbies and, and aspects of woodworking, right? So I thought this would be interesting. So I guess we will start with... You know, age before beauty. So, I think we'll start with Eric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Eric, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like how how did you get to Woodsmith? Uh, you've been here for I, I mean, obviously, I know your story. So, you've been here for a while, but yep. share with everybody, years. like, yeah, how you how long you've been here, what you do, All right. what you do at home, cool. kind of your life story. Sure, there you go. Well, I started at Woodsmith. In 1995, January 3rd of 95. Before that, I had worked for 17 years in the construction industry, residential construction. Started as a concrete finisher, ended up as a trim carpenter, uh, home building foreman, assistant foreman, service call guy, that kind of stuff. Spent a lot of years doing that. And all the time, in the background, I was drawing. I was drawing pictures. I drew pictures for people of their houses. I drew pictures of people of their pets. I drew pictures of whatever anybody would want. And so that was the art side of everything that kind of kept um, things alive and kicking. And then uh, there was an opening just in the newspaper here in central Iowa for an illustrator. And I applied. And there was this woolly guy named Ted who... uh, Took we'll a chance on a me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, his name is Ted Kralicek. And uh, he he took a chance on me, and so I started for Woodsmith. I, I initially worked for Woodsmith and Shop Notes as a kind of a cleanup illustrator. I worked on both magazines. <clears throat> and about a year after I started, they started, uh, Woodsmith acquired Workbench, which was the longest-running home improvement magazine. So I... Went over there <clears throat> as an illustrator and then at some of the time as a, an associate editor as well. Awesome. So, Eric, forgive me for my ignorance. That's right. But 1995, I don't remember much from when I was seven years old. 
<laughs> there you go. Were, were, <laughs> were you guys doing illustrations back at that time by hand, or were you doing them on the computer? Uh, a combination. Gotcha. Everything was still inked. We, we had a little photo room in the back room behind the receptionist area where we'd shoot stuff on Polaroid. And then we would trace it uh, and kind of build it up, build up the mock-ups of the pages, and then we'd ink on vellum. And then that okay. ink would get scanned, and then the scan would then, that, then we'd go to the digital, the, well, it was really basic digital at that time. Sure. But then we would go to the digital side of stuff and, um, you know, add what color we, you know, very limited palette, kind of similar to we still have a pretty limited palette. Sure, yeah. But the, what, what we call call-outs, you know, the little word, sets of words to point to this is the tenon, this is the mortise, those call-outs, yeah. we'd do all that stuff inside of uh, a program called Corel. Corel version 3 is a program that we started with. And, uh, and that's what yeah, I had at home, so, so that's what I grew up on, playing That's with. right. <laughs> it was actually a very good program. It, it lived in the shadow of Illustrator, but... It was every bit as good and, and better in some areas. So, <clears throat> and then that a lot of that transferred over to workbench as well. Now workbench is a different beast because you're drawing rooms and room additions and things bigger than bread baskets, which is kind of, you know, obviously we have some big furniture in Woodsmith and and some big projects in Shop Notes as well, but we, um, you know. We, uh, it, it expanded over there, and then that's when I started using 3D software. We started with a program called True Space that we would uh, set up our scenes and maneuver the scenes, bring in the parts that we wanted to on a table saw, and then we would print that out, and then we would ink on vellum. Gotcha. Uh, like, like before, that was the, the initial leap. And then we went to this program that we're still using today called uh, 3D Studio Max. And sure. it's all digital now. The ink, ink, the ink pens are. Uh, well, I've got a ink bunch pens. of them in a drawer down here. <laughs> They're probably, probably all dried <laughs> up, aren't they? <laughs> well, the ones that I didn't clean, yeah, I can just might yeah. as well use them as filler somewhere or something. Yeah. That's, so I have a question about workbench. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the staff? What was the number of staff at that time? Our first staff. Yeah. Uh, the staff that we built, because originally what we were going to do was a magazine called Home Right. Uh, a guy named Chris Inman came on board, and he was going to develop this magazine that was going to be very similar to Woodsmith in that no advertising, no nothing but furniture. Well, it ended up being the same kind of moniker, or the tagline was woodworking to improve your home was what Workbench's gotcha. tagline ended up being. And uh, HomeRite was kind of the same deal. Um, we were kind of partway done with the first issue or so, and Don Peschke, the owner of the company, the founder, mm-hmm. purchased Workbench magazine for a, a pretty inexpensive amount. And we we kind of morphed into into that. The first issue that we did with some pickup stuff, basically, because it came to us pretty quickly. Pickup stuff that came to us from the existing magazine uh, stuff. So it was it was it was a kind of a trial by fire, you know, from both sure. the art and the editorial side, because <clears throat> you know this this whole system can be really proprietary, and people do things a certain way. Well, it was yeah, it was all kind of shooting from the hip for the first year or so there. And then the staff was uh, Chris Inman, Robert Foss, Kent Welch was our designer, builder, 
because he had a, he like me had a home improvement background. Gotcha. Minette Bigler, who is now Minette Johnson, uh, uh, another illustrator named Susan Jessen, and me, and then then the, there was a parade. <laughs> it was a it was a parade <laughs> of people. After that, sure. you know, for the for the time that we did what we did. So the workbench title, as you kind of alluded to, is what you worked a lot on in the past. Uh, and August Home Publishing, uh, prior to us being active in interest media, purchased Workbench. Workbench, I'm I'm looking at the archive right now. So people can still buy. They can still get Workbench magazine if they want. Yep. They can buy the USB. Uh, they, I, we might have an online archive of it as well. Um, so you could buy the back issues. Some of them Whole... are plans, I think, aren't they, Becky? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yep. Some of them came yep. over as plans, yeah. Yep. But the first issue of Workbench Magazine, uh, irregardless of where where it was or who owned it at the time, was February 1957. Yeah, it's a, it's a month older awesome than me. That? Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's one month older than me. And it uh, ran clear up until what 2009 i think correct which and it kind of faded away into a different product for a brief amount of time here and it was just uh again it was the powers that be that sure that that kind of shelved it you know when we bought it the guy that owned it in kansas city had basically been milking it for quite a bit of time he wanted it to be the lowest priced magazine listed in publisher's clearinghouse so that the people that believed (laughs) That you had to buy something to qualify would buy that. Oh, that gotcha. was that was his that was his goal for Workbench magazine. So you could see <laughs> that uh, it it had it had suffered some some disrespect, as it were. You know. Sure. Well, but it was there, it was fun to do, and it was a lot of fun projects. And that USB, like you say, is still there's a lot of good stuff. There's some real dated stuff. You know, we have some TV oh, sure. cabinets for TVs that. Yeah, I was flipping through the archive the other day, and I saw a plan for a wall rack CD storage. Just like, oh, God, flashback, the 90s called. They want their CDs back. Exactly. (laughs) They want to put them back in their car visor. (laughs) Your iPod holder, you know. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. I feel like like we should mention, we're recording this, so obviously these get released on Fridays. We're recording this on St. Patrick's Day, so in the spirit, I had to have a Irish Red... Ah, Killian's. Yep, it's just. It's I've got a car bomb waiting upstairs for assembly. (laughs) I didn't want to do uh, on my maiden voyage on the on the podcast. All right, so Eric, that's a little bit of your background, uh, at least at Woodsmith and and Workbench. Well, and then I came back to Woodsmith when yeah when Wood when Workbench kind of faded away. We did a thing called My Home My Style, and then as that kind of started to fade away, I started batting some cleanup with uh, the art director over at um, Woodsmith, Todd Lambreth, who actually has been at this company, I think, six months shy of amount that uh, that I have. I had I left for a period of time, so he's technically sure. been here longer. But he, he started about six months after I did. Hmm. Gotcha. And um, so... It, so now... Uh, and then, so when I so came I, back... I say, I guess now you're, yeah. you're kind of a jack-of-all-trades, though. Yeah, that's one word for it. <laughs> Jack of something. People huh? call me that and all sorts of other names that you probably shouldn't say on well, a family show. So it used to be that in in Woodsmith and in, in Workbench and uh, Shop Notes and all the titles, 
there was a very distinct um, division of labor, I guess, right? You had editors, you had illustrators, you had designers, and you had builders. And that was back when we had a large staff. You're correct. We don't have that big a staff anymore. So we all wear multiple hats now. Uh, And Eric, yours kind of is an interesting one because you... Actually looks better with it on. (laughs) (laughs) You have... uh, obviously the art background but you also have the editorial background so in our current issues of woodsmith not only are you writing you know multiple pages and multiple projects and departments but you're also illustrating one of the projects each issue so you're actually doing the artwork on it as well yeah it's fun yeah, I like doing that. I like I like the the diversity of it. You know, when we were talking about the earlier way that we did stuff, where we would spend time doing board drawings and then we'd ink and then we would uh, then we do a computer. That kind of diversity is is a lot of fun. Now the software we use is just cool as can be. I really enjoy oh, yeah. it, but it's kind of boring. You know, I mean, you <laughs> work with the same thing all the time, and the challenge of like when we used to actually do these construction views drawn on a table, figuring out where you're going to place that board or have to move that, that was actually a lot of fun. And so, getting to both write and illustrate now uh, brings back some of that diversity, and it's given me, you know, historically I'm an illustrator, but mm-hmm. it has given me a very insightful sensitivity to what editors wrestle with <laughs> <laughs> it really does so because there are things that i that I, I look back and i'm like oh boy i was being a jerk <laughs> so who's yeah. who's more sensitive the, the art department or the editorial department <laughs> oh that's a case-by-case basis really <laughs> it depends you know we're pretty it's pretty nice now we don't have too many sensitive people on our staff anymore you know because like you said every all of us have to do Oh, Becky, you? No. Yeah, oh. a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't get to work with you day to day with those knuckleheads that you work with, too. So. Yeah, yeah. Logan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, like you said, it's multiple hats now, and uh, that that transition got ramped up when, when the new company came on board, and I, I'm okay with it, personally. Yeah. Uh, I, like I say, I enjoy it, but I know that, uh, yeah, lean, uh, a lean ship means, you know, there can mm-hmm. be nervous times now and then, <laughs> you know, trying yeah. to make sure stuff gets done. Yeah, so speaking of sensitive people, let's go over to our legacy. She, she, when we legacy. refer to her as legacy, like, she's kind of like that tenured professor you can't get rid of because... <laughs> <laughs> I am the Woodsmith baby. So, um. <laughs> yeah, the baby. Yeah, Becky. So, same question for you. You know, what's your what's your background? Because you have a kind of an interesting one. You have a different take on this entire thing because you grew up with Woodsmith. Right. So my background actually starts before I was born. My dad, Ted Kralichek, as Eric mentioned, um, was the first employee under Don Peschke, the founder. So he helped kind of make Woodsmith what it is today. Well, not today. What it became. What it was. What it, what it was. Um, you can see right about issue ten or so, where yeah. Ted came on board. There's a clear. <laughs> there's a clear marking line right there. Yeah. So he was a part of Woodsmith for about ten years before I was born, actually. So, in '95, that would have made me five, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure we saw each other at company picnics, but I can't. Yeah. 
I just can't remember from clear no, back then. I don't either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I started working for Woodsmith. Uh, I was an intern in college, um, just doing what all kids do, um, who idolize their parents. I followed my dad <laughs> into his job. Because your mom, your mom was in publishing too, right? Uh, yeah. Didn't she so worked for a, a newsletter uh, thing for a long time. A, a couple different things. Uh, she she was an editor. Uh, she worked for Iowa Outdoors and the DNR, and she actually worked at the Woodsmith store, which is a break off of the magazine. Um, we're not related anymore, but. The Woodsmith store. It was kind of a family. My sister worked there. I worked there in the garden center when I was 14. Um, and then my dad designed that store as well as designing everything else on Woodsmith. Um, so I kind of followed his, his legacy, not mine. <laughs> He's the legacy. Um, so started in about 20, 2010 and, um, I am a graphic designer then for the magazine. I do illustrations and kind of have my hands in almost everything Woodsmith at this point. Um, yeah. I help. Like most of us. <laughs> I, yeah. In one way or another. Speaking of all the hats, yeah. We're, uh, yeah. There's a group of us that are involved in the show, these podcasts, the seminars, you name it. We're we're behind the scenes. If if Logan's not in front of the camera, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. So not only do you do the illustrations from the magazine standpoint, you also control a lot of the stuff video wise. So if anybody watches any video content, you are there behind the scenes. Yeah. Yep. Boston. You and she around. puts all them books together too. Yep, yeah. I do. Most of them special interest books and the plans that are downloadable. I've had my hands on all those too. Yeah. So I'm not a woodworker, but. Well, I, you, but you know your stuff through osmosis. Yes. Right. Like I'm between, a fan of the craft. Yes. Between your dad and having to hang up out with us knuckleheads all day, every day, <laughs> you know, yes. it's, I think you you know more than ninety five percent of the population. So when it comes to I do okay in trivia. When it comes to it does it doesn't mean that sometimes you don't call me and be like, hey, I need you to draw what you mean because I don't know what you mean. (laughs) Yep. Especially when it comes to the late stuff. Yes. But but yeah, so. You have been here for what eleven years now, I guess. Rounding right? about there, or two, yeah, yeah, about eleven years. Um, what were you doing when you were an intern here? Were you doing magazine I was stuff, doing or were you doing like SIB stuff? SIB, which is our special interest publications, um, it's where we take collections of subjects say bookcases out of the regular magazines be it shop notes woodsmith or workbench um so we mm-hmm. might collect all those uh bookcases and do a hundred page collection and then we print those and have them on newsstand so that's what i was working on and then 
plans actually originally was on a different website. And when we moved them into our Woodsmith website, um, we kind of redesigned them. So I started over with plans. And so every plan that is currently now downloaded or available, I've created. So that's what I did as an intern. (laughs) Oh, and then I was was working on the show as well. Yeah. And I was if, doing the audio. I mean, for people that are listening that don't really uh, – aren't aware. So we produce our magazine, but then every magazine that we produce has four or five projects in it, right? And we take those projects after a set amount of time, and we will break them apart into individual plans. So somebody that may not be a, a Woodsmith Magazine subscriber can still get that plan. Uh, they just buy it on woodsmithplans.com as a standalone PDF. So Becky has made all 700 plus of those plans. There, oh, there's over almost a thousand now. No, there's oh, over, there a, over thousand. a thousand now. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a lot. So, yeah. She's the glue that holds, holds everything together from the inside. So, because <laughs> if she didn't do those, we'd have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but not only i mean not only do we all do the magazine stuff right so we have you know our our day to day it's kind of weird i think because for the longest time woodsmith was always a magazine and that's what we were right that's what and that's what we started as we were a magazine but then as as woodsmith grew as a brand we've we've become so much more than that and i get it that a lot of people uh i and as I say, Woodsmith, I'm also talking about Shop Notes, especially since we're on the Shop Notes podcast right now. Both both Woodsmith, Shop Notes, uh, Workbench, My Home, My Style, all those um, were individual magazine titles. But through the last 45 years, we've grown to be so much more than just a magazine. And uh, when Phil kind of took over the steering wheel, he said, look, you know, this is the thing. Woodsmith is not only a magazine anymore, and and for a long time it hadn't been, um, but the magazine is one part of what we do. So when we say our day-to-day stuff with the magazine, the magazine's not necessarily always our entire focus because we still have video we need to produce. We still have TV show we need to shoot. We still have uh, our, our website gets a boatload of traffic and we need to publish articles on those and eric's done a ton of those articles so it's oh yeah it's kind yeah, of been an interesting yeah rebuilding uh department articles the way that becky has done you know the special interest books it's kind of like the magazine i think is still think of it as like it's the fountain but we're just kind of using it in a, in, in a larger irrigation system than we have in the yeah. past you know yeah. Uh, and I like doing the digital stuff. I, I have fun doing blog posts and junk like that. Oh, it's yeah. a, it's again, it's 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 a diverse day. It, it adds something different. And once you get yeah. the guys on the second floor to help you figure out what goes on with that wonky <laughs> contentful, <laughs> then it's then it's okay. But and they've been great. You know, again, they're another part of the team that you never see. Is the guys down there that do the nuts and bolts behind the websites? Yeah. So nice. yeah, I mean. I was going to say the nice thing about the way that we make this irrigation system is that if you're not a magazine reader, if you're not a print reader, you'd you'd rather listen to it in your car or, um, you know, watch it on 
your phone when you have a few minutes rather than sitting down and reading an article or if uh, you just don't like to store it. It's all digital now. Like we're able to kind of like teaching to different um, audiences and how people learn differently. That's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. That's what we're trying to do is to share this information in every possible way. Yeah. Well, and I think that's that's one thing that has always been interesting to me. And again, I try to not to look at this with rose-colored glasses because we <laughs> work here. But the one thing that's always interested me about Woodsmith and uh, I mean, not not necessarily even Active Interest Mia, but August Home when it was August Home is that everybody that works here in some way or another is interested in the content. So like you yeah. look at everybody that, you know, just for example, Garden Gate is our gardening magazine that inhabits the second floor of our office building. Uh, everybody that works at Garden Gate are avid gardeners. I mean, that's what they do as a hobby. So it's kind of cool because we like to just share the information that we enjoy. Um, and you know, a lot of times the magazine come becomes the, it becomes the, the main outlet for that or the, I guess the jumping off point for some of the content. Um, so it's like, Hey, let's get this department article done, but then we could take that department article. We could bring it to life in video if people want to see it in video, or we could bring it to life on a web article or whatever. So that's super cool to me. Yeah. And you know, the, you know, <clears throat> there was a time, like you said earlier on when, these magazines were really, really distinct, and there was kind of a hierarchy and a bureaucracy, and 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 so to, to try new things was <laughs> was a pretty pretty big event. Nowadays, yeah. it's kind of like let's give it a you know run it up the pole and see who salutes it kind of thing. And uh, I, again, I kind I kind of enjoy that element of it more than because a lot of times in house we'll have a good idea like yeah no nah, I don't think so if it's something that you know we aren't really too yeah. warm on but it's 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 fun to be able to try yeah, well you know I like what, that what i think is kind of interesting go ahead i like that we're able to reach more audiences and i feel like we get a lot more interaction from people too like you know telling us what they like what they don't like what they want to learn and yeah yeah when chris fitch came on you know he brought a lot of that wonderful metalworking stuff Wait, you know, because I think he started with Shop Notes initially as a designer for Shop Notes, and he brought so much cool. And that was like one of the first really cool examples of uh, ah, we could do all sorts of stuff here besides this shaker-looking yeah. whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's funny is I think it's interesting to see the different people's type uh, of mentality because now Chris has really. He's really latched onto the CNC thing, okay. and he's like, he's like a young school child with it. Like he just loves it. He can't get enough of it. So, uh, it's and true. you know who I... else can't get enough of it? Shaper. That's right. So, just a <laughs> reminder that this episode is brought to you by uh, Shaper Tools, the makers of the Shaper Origin. It's the handheld CNC router that brings digital precision to the craft of woodworking. You can tackle joinery cabinetry, hardware installation, and more with speed and precision. Try it risk-free in your shop for 30 days. Visit shapertools.com to learn more. Well, I was going to say, you know, that product that we talked about there, that CNC type of thing, that shows you how much this industry's changed since when I started yeah. on, on, on uh, you know, Woodsmith. 
you know, basically, I still have my 690 Porter Cable routers that I had back then when I first started with the company, and it's like the damn things won't wear out. And yeah. so I can't buy any new toys that way. But it's so it's it's been so fun to watch how technology and and a lot of it because of the digital, like the CNC, how that has changed so many things, and it's, it's so cool. Yeah. And then it's kind of, that's one of the sweet things about what we get to do is we get to people will let us play with these things and figure them out. Yeah. And well, uh, that, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting, and and I'm not like you know if anybody knows me, and I've met a lot of people. I have. M- had the opportunity to meet a lot of people that listen to our our podcast or watch our show and stuff just through my day-to-day like buying and selling tools and stuff and anybody that's met me knows that i'm pretty straightforward and uh, so i'm not saying this because shaper is sponsoring this but like shaper sent us a uh, origin to use oh god it's probably been it's been over a year ago right yeah i, mean, I was thinking it's a couple years maybe. yeah um yeah. how how time flies, geez. But how freaking cool was that thing? I don't know if you had messed with it, around with it at all, Eric, when I when we had it in. I did an article on it. I know. It's, but it it's was just, just kind of... Well, it was one of those things where was like, who would even think to do this? And yeah. then they did it. And then they did it, you know? <laughs> exactly. Well, it's like... So I, I made this... There's that sign up there. Um, that was a sign I did uh, during the article. It's just like... I mean, I've had some experience with CNCs, so... This wasn't a terrible stretch for me, uh, but yeah, it was freaking amazing. It's like how, like seriously, how twenty years ago people would be like, "You're crazy! Like you're never gonna have a handheld. You're never gonna have a six ninety that controls itself and right. routes whatever you tell it to route and is Bluetooth and Wi-Fi." I mean, right? Yes. You know, so yeah. just the the shift over the last, you know, I mean, I wouldn't even say twenty years. The, the shift over the last ten years between you know, yeah. like the, the Shaper Origin, the the saw stop technology, and I think over the next ten years we'll see more and more of that. Um, so it, it is fun to it is fun to watch, you know. Yeah, and it's also fun to see new new blood come up. You know, young people, uh, boys and girls, come up and doing stuff and trying stuff, and that's always pretty encouraging. Yeah, it's. It's funny because I, I don't have a CNC in my shop. I would love one. Um, I'll show you guys what I've been working on in a little bit. But I'd love to have a CNC in my shop. I don't have one. Um, I probably I probably have the room for a small one. Uh, but I don't really need one because one of my wife's best friends, she has three CNCs. So, wow. and they're, they're like, uh, they might all be, if now I'm thinking about it, they all might all be laser CNCs. Uh, or you know CNC lasers, but holy cow! Like how awesome is that? And she just uh, Taylor, yeah. her name's Taylor. Taylor makes all sorts of different things. So it's like if I ever need something, I want to be friends with her. I know, yeah. right? Like no that's what happens when that's what happens when you're a young professional and they have no kids. <laughs> you have disposable <laughs> income, <laughs> so you know. But yeah, so I figured. At this point, I don't know that we've ever, I don't know that Phil, John, and I have really ever talked about the magazine process or shared our magazine process with people that listen to this, uh, to this podcast. And I know usually we're talking about, um, woodworking techniques or, or stuff like that, but I figured with, with you two here, it would be a good chance to talk about how the magazine, how our magazine process works. Cause 
whenever we do tours at the magazine, people are always fascinated to see how we actually produce the magazine or how we produce a show or just in general. And, and let's just blanket this as a project. So if we're, if we're making a project, how does, you know, how does that work? How do we get that from a design in, let's say Chris Fitch's head to something that gets printed on paper? You start Becky. Eric? Oh, I or see. Becky? No, I say Becky yeah. starts. <laughs> Becky starts. Um, then I'll tell my part of it. Well, back before COVID, we used to have lots of meetings to discuss. Right. But, <laughs> um, Humans talk to each other face-to-face. Yeah. Crazy. How so basically, if Chris was building it, then he would go ahead and knock it out, or else he would talk to one of our builders and uh, figure out the process for making, let's say... A cabinet is that what they sure. would talk about you know uh what kind of joinery to use and uh you know there's a thousand ways to skin a cat well there's a thousand ways to make a rabbit um you know what what's the process and then after it gets completed a uh editor then would sit down with the builder they would discuss the process the editor then comes up with an outline gives it to a illustrator slash graphic designer um and then they come up with a layout you know if, is this going to be a six page article or a 12 page article really depends on how creative we get with the design um from there then the illustrator and the editor kind of go back and forth to pace it out and um the illustrator or uh, art director then goes to photography with it and uh, directs what they want it to look like. We prop it and uh, stage it how someone would want to see it in their home. Um, And then which question I have a question quick. Are the photos actually taken in somebody's house? Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes not. Um, a most lot of times, times not. Most of the time not. I mean, we do go on location quite a bit if it's, if it needs a large room, say like a really large dining room table or, mm-hmm. I don't know, at the, at the other end of that, we've built an entire bedroom um, in the studio. So that yeah. oak suite from, gosh, three, four years ago, that was built in the studio. Um, So after photography, it goes back and the designers and illustrators kind of flush it out. And then, and then it starts to route, which means it goes to everyone on staff. And we look through the numbers. We look through the words. We make sure everything makes sense as if you're looking at this for the very first time, you know, because we do get caught up in, we what get lost we know, in yeah, yeah, for the trees. get lost in in what we already know and what somebody looking at it for the first time knows. Um, yeah, and that's this, this that is this is the point where pages. editors get their feelings hurt. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which they can. Maybe I'm not the sensitive one. Maybe I'm the one that <laughs> likes to push the buttons, but. <laughs> That red pen, it, it gets pretty yep. fun to use. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. <laughs> Did I miss anything, Eric? No, it's pretty good. 
pretty accurate. You know, it's funny. Back in the back in the day, when it first started, these these projects were built by there was no shop guys. It was the editor and the illustrator built the project, and then they took notes as they went along. And the thought and the theory was at the time that that's the best way to really learn how to convey this information. Now, first, it would be interesting to to try that now, but we'd have to have a shop that's probably three times bigger than it is, and it's yeah. big enough as it is already. And just the timelines, you know, it's hard. And to me, the one thing I think that we all wrestle with is is to what skill level are we focusing how we build and how we present it. Sure. You know, obviously we can't do a beginner because you can't tell everybody every issue. This is a table saw. This is a band. You know that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. and the and the experts, the guys that that really know what they're doing, that know all about ergonomics. Basically, what they want is the numbers and the material list. Yeah, they'll do a lot of it themselves. So we're kind of always hovering and entertaining an intermediate woodworker, and keeping it interesting for them, and and on occasion bringing some insights to you know maybe the expert or the. Uh, uh, and you're, and it's always a help to a beginner, but you can't really, you can only hold hands so far in in the process because you you could you'd make one issue would be one project to to do it so thoroughly that a beginner could yeah could could understand it. So that's a big part of the meetings that Becky was mentioning, is trying to hone that, trying to find that kind of that sweet spot, that that area where okay, we're conveying what we need to convey here. And a lot of times, I know, Logan, this happened to us as editors, is you do get a blind spot. You completely forget, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, we didn't <laughs> talk about that thing at all. Yep. And so, yeah, that's that's the ongoing struggle. And the more we do it, which we've all done it quite a bit, the uh, the more you see those little speed bumps or those ambushes yeah. uh, up front. But um, And I think or, the sh- Yeah, go yeah ahead. I say, or you, I mean, you get so close to the project that you just completely overlook something so obvious. Like, yeah. And that happens to, to everybody that has ever written a project for Woodsmith. You know, you get so close to it that you, you spend, you spend weeks looking at, at mm-hmm. the, the CAD drawings and the artwork, putting everything together, piecing it all together. And then it comes through the first routing phase and you look at a, a note that somebody made, you're like, oh, my God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like, <laughs> how did I do that, you know? Well, like, there's easy. no way that drawer front can be 30 inches when the opening's only 22. Right, yeah. But that does happen to us all, and oh, it, yeah. fairly frequently, and that's why we try to, you know, we don't, we don't uh, get to comb over it as much as we used to, but we do mm-hmm. still hit it pretty hard, on the, especially on the numbers. You know, yeah. my goal has always been to make sure the numbers are right because that's the, I think that's the minimum that we should do for them is make sure that. Yeah. And it's so and, easy and the to other miss a that, number that we yeah, like true. forget a dimension altogether because for us it's obvious, but we're looking at it yeah. physically. We're not right. <laughs> looking at it on paper. Yeah. 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 And when you're not standing there with the boards in your hand at the table saw, a lot of times it's like, I mean, I, I've done it for, I did it for a living for a lot of years, and you easily step over something that you forget, you know? It's like, yeah. and then you get that real panicky moment. It's like, oh, crap. I forgot yeah. about that whole section, and, and then now i got to go talk to the illustrator or the editor, whichever one is yeah. found this <laughs> Which, thing. Whichever hat say, you're wearing, yeah. <laughs> exactly, and say, uh, uh, gee, we, we need to consider this, or we need to put this in. Yeah, yeah. where, and, does, where uh, does it fit? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. And sometimes it is a kind of a shoehorn thing in, but it usually, you know, it usually works pretty good. 
Sure. And it's nice to have both, uh, you know, like Phil and, and Todd and people along the way to look at it with fresh eye. Because oh, a lot yeah. of times those guys see the stuff that we forget. Yeah, it's it's the people that haven't seen the project yet that you that catch stuff, which is, is good. Um, so I guess the one thing I was, I was going to extrapolate on what Becky said was, more from a conceptual side, a lot of times what we'll do for magazine projects is we will have a list of, we'll have a list of, uh, basically a wish list of projects. Like, hey, these are projects we think would be really cool as a staff. So our our designers, uh, John, uh, Chris, and Dylan, will have that list and, and they'll kind of place them in the magazine, kind of spread them out so we don't have three dressers back to back or we don't have three huge armoire type things back to back. Uh, and then they'll be working on those couple of issues ahead of us. And our issue, uh, they take eight weeks. So we have eight weeks to produce an issue. So they'll be working ahead of us. And they'll be working on a design. And they do draw the design in a, basically a CAD program. It's called Inventor. Uh, it's like an AutoCAD program. Well, they'll draw out each individual parts. And then they'll populate that into a 3D model. And then that's what you guys use is that 3D model, right? And you guys will take that and use that 3D model to produce the flat, two, I say flat 2D artwork, uh, but the artwork in Illustrator, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you guys shuffle the pieces. Yep. So you guys aren't actually going in and having to draw a hand holding a board every time or, or draw a rail and a well, style every time. Yeah. <laughs> Not every time because, you know, in general, the, the angle of view that we use is really similar. So we can take a set of hands that we've used and reuse them because the, you know, the elevation change on a hand, an organic thing, you don't notice it as much. So you sure. can, <laughs> we can stretch, we can do all sorts Manipulate. of fun stuff mm-hmm. with hands. Yeah, you know, there's been times I've felt pretty ornery, like, I want to try and put like two left hands in this picture <laughs> and see if anybody see if anybody notices it. But then if I don't, because I think, oh, they may if I'm lucky. Yeah. If I'm not, what my luck goes sometimes is like no one would notice it, and then I would forget it <laughs> and forget to change it. And then all of a sudden we get, hey, how come this picture has two left hands? Yeah. Oh boy. So I don't. I, I don't ever tread that yeah. way. Or one of my favorites is when um, I'm working with Becky on a project and she'll she'll get all her layout done and she'll put blah, 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 blah as the header. And that's literally yes. all it will say is <laughs> making the blah, blah, blah. And I'll completely forget to change it and it will get routing and somebody will circle it. Usually it's Phil and he'll just go, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Phil's, I forgot to put mm. that in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I've, I've so. seen Phil's hmm several times myself. <laughs> I think we all have. That's yeah, the 3D of... software has, you know, we, we, it has, it has, it makes that leap. Then it goes to this other software program called Illustrator that we use to create what what we see in the magazine, and it's pretty handy. Like I said, it's uh, you can do all sorts of things in the 3D thing, and then sometimes you fudge it right in Illustrator if depending on how hard it is sure. to do. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, so now. John, Phil, and I usually do a small segment of what are you guys working on? Uh, so, Eric, do you have any? I know you just had a surgery, so I don't know if you've been in your shop right. much or if you do much at your Not shop much. at home. I do. What, I, what I'm trying to do is move more towards carving. Okay. And so what, one of the people I've been following uh, is a gal named Mary May. Mm-hmm. 
she does a lot of cool carving stuff. And I, she just did something that I, I only noticed while I was convalescing from my surgery. Well, she did this kind of fish bowl. So I think I'm going to sure. give that a try. Nice. Uh, you know, it's uh, all the years, like I said, I spent cutting sheet stock and big plywood projects and the cabinetry stuff. That stuff is kind of. Uh, I don't. You're over it. It, it doesn't thrill me as much <laughs> yeah. as it used to. It's just the little yeah. things. So, my shop is becoming more like a carving thing. Or I actually I have a number of grandkids that love the scroll saw. So, nice. we, I've been able to work with them on some of that stuff, which is a lot of fun. Because that's a really great little tool for a kid. Because you really can't hurt yourself with it, and it's not very intimidating. And you can create cool stuff. And so I've been doing some of that with them. And then actually also my art. You know the the, sure. the the painting part of it. I, I've moved all my oil painting stuff out to my shop because it can be kind of stinky in the house. Sure. And and Tammy doesn't. My wife doesn't mind, but it's like yeah, it's just kind of it kind of lingers. So yeah, uh, I, I I moved it all out there this this last winter. Yeah, I'll so. tell you what, man, that was a so my grandpa, my son every Sunday growing up from the time I was earliest I can remember until I went to college every Sunday, my mom, my brother and I would go over to my grandpa and grandma's for lunch and my grandpa and I would sit there. We would watch a NASCAR race in the morning. I hate racing, but he loves <laughs> racing. So we'd watch a NASCAR race in the morning and then we'd watch Bob Ross. And my grandpa has a house full <laughs> of wet on wet paintings that he's done in the Bob Ross style following. Him. Nice. And yeah. so I just remember walking into their house every Sunday and it just smelled like oil paint. I mean, yeah, it's great. Love you know, people pick on Bob Ross, but I'll tell you what, the guy's a stud because anybody oh, yeah. <laughs> that can paint, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go art nerd for you on a minute here yeah. for a few minutes. Anybody that can paint a, with a small palette of colors that have both phthalo blue and phthalo green and do a complete <laughs> painting in a half hour and it not be a nightmare is, is, a, is good. In one take. In one take, yeah. In one take. And he's so soothing as he does it. And like, that's a lot of his brand is just enjoy this, have fun. There's no mistakes. This is a happy cloud, a happy tree. I know. You know? Oh, I, yeah. Love it. Yeah, actually, speaking of carving, I have some. Uh, this is a, I don't know if you guys can see that piece of wood leaning up against the wall. Mm -hmm. Eric, yep, on the table. Some, uh, bas yeah, we cut some basswood a couple of months ago on video. Becky was there for that video uh, on the sawmill. And I got some basswood for you that I'm going to have to bring you sometime for some carving. Oh. It's Wonderful. still a little, it's still a little damp, but it's, yeah. it's workable. I uh, that platter right above my head that's on its edge is a basswood one I turned a couple of days ago. Does so. it dry fast or slow or it dries I, pretty I quickly? Does it? Yep, it dries. Yeah, yeah. Right now it's at about 24 percent moisture, and it yeah. will only cut. Wow, Becky, we probably had to. We did that video in what October probably. Yeah, before Maybe. all the snow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. So it's drying pretty quick, so I'll have to bring some of that to you. Nice. So I will cool. take it. All right. Uh, Becky, I know you may not have any woodworking projects, but what are you working on magazine-wise? you get any sneak peeks for everybody, what's going to be coming up? Um, actually, my project this issue is a bathroom storage cart. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I could send a – or put up a little sneak picture of that. A little teaser. A little teaser. Um, that one is all written, by the way. I have written that. Yeah, yeah. I know you're waiting on me. <laughs> I'm waiting on you now. <laughs> I was, so there I was... you have it, folks. There you have an editorial art interaction. <laughs> yes, <live>. exactly. 
just right there. Well, to be fair, she's been in the studio the last two days filming a CNC uh, session with Chris. So. Yes. <laughs> yep. So we got a bathroom cart. Our reader tips are ready. We got some nice tips reader tips ready. in there. Oh, and you guys fun. did good with that because one of the uh, uh, the circle jig. Yeah. It, yeah. Dirk made it. Made me told me yesterday that that was in there. So it's like we don't have to do an online extra now for that. Oh, yep. thanks, guys. Right? Oh, you're welcome. We just re- it's yeah. all on refer purpose. to page six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's nice. You think you can thank Mark for that? That was that came from his seminar he did what two months ago, probably. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because my last. That's a nice little one, jig. Yeah, yeah, it works nice. So. Cool. And I'm going to do a plug for Dylan because tomorrow you are not yeah. going to get your artwork either because tomorrow I'm working no, with won't. Dylan on his seminar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dylan's seminar. So, yeah, for people that don't know, we uh, we host online seminars. Um, they're basically, I don't want to call them interactive remote demos, but that's what everybody in the wood turning world's calling them, the IRDs. But they're seminars that basically one of our staff puts on every, uh, the, third Thursday of every month, um, different topics. It's basically roughly an hour long, kind of a live, you can ask us questions on whatever the topic is. Last one I did was hand cut dovetails. Dylan's tomorrow is what, Becky? Uh, dowels, tenons, like loose tenons, nope. dominoes. Yes, dominoes, there you go. Oh, is it strictly Biscuits. dominoes Biscuits. or is it- just... Biscuits, that's what it Biscuits, is. Biscuits, dominoes, and dowels. Ah. So how to use them, what the benefit is of each. So that'll be fun. So it's one of my moments of shame. I, I bought a uh, Porter cable, what that 257 or whatever it was, biscuit yeah. joiner, and I never used it <gasps> once. And I sold it at a garage sale. Oh man, I have my, my Makita is sitting underneath my feet right now. It, I don't use it all the time, but I use it for aligning big top glue ups. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. It's uh Norm Abrams was big on the biscuit joiner, man. Back if you yeah. watch some of New Yankee <laughs> workshop, I bet you that guy sold a million biscuit joiners for Porter Cable. Uh, he he, he single handedly made the biscuit joiner market. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he did. And it was true and they work great. For whatever reason yeah. though, I never I don't know. I don't yeah. Know, it was you know. Strange. Yeah. All right. Oh, and if people do want to sign up for that seminar, woodsmithshop.com slash seminars. However, this airs Friday, the day after his I seminar. I know, but you can always watch it after. So You can always watch it after. Great point. So uh, so the last couple, so couple of issues or episodes, issues, episodes, whatever, whatever we're doing right now. We're doing an episode. So a couple episodes ago, well, let's step back. Phil and I, since you two probably don't listen to our podcast very often because you don't want to hear us talk any more than you have to in person, uh, <laughs> we we uh, Phil and I made some. We kind of made like a blood pact, like it was like a spit shake when you used to do that. Uh, that we were going to finish some projects that we had started maybe a couple of years ago uh, and we never finished. Um, so I finished some nightstands. Phil finished uh, a handful of things. Um, a radio cabinet was one of them. Um, and when we finished those, we said, oh, hey, this was fun. Let's do another project. So I have some built-ins in my wife's office that there's two, four, six, eight, nine, nine cabinet cases that either have doors or drawers in them uh, that I said, you know what? 
they've been in there for two years and I've never built the doors or the drawers for them. And I said I was going to build them. I have not. My deadline is in three days. I'm not going to get it done. Um, completely, like, I'm missing that. Remind but me, though. Because I had, what's that? Did you not already have cabinets in your office? No, I built the cabinets, like, two years ago. Yeah, but then you took them down. I, yeah, I built, I built the I built the cabinets two years ago when she started working from home to make like a built-in desk. I never made the drawers and the doors. So that was my whole thing was I was going to finish those drawers. So right now it's just a shelf basically. Kind of oh, yeah. They're just open a, shelves. A, a box There's a lot of storage in there right. <laughs> as long as you don't <laughs> mind looking at it. Uh, but I'm not going to give them done. I did order the stock. So I, got, I picked up some soft maple from Liberty Hardwood and some plywood. So I, I made progress. I ordered the stock. I'm not going to get them done in time, though. I, I fully am aware of this. Uh, but what I started doing was I, I started to uh, make good on a promise I made this summer. So we had that derecho come through, right? Took a ton of trees down. I spent a boatload of time in Cedar Rapids doing tree removals and milling for people. And one of my buddies that I, uh, I milled a tree for, he... I milled the tree for myself. It was in his backyard. He he messaged me and asked me if I wanted it, and it was a very nice curly maple tree. Uh, it's a soft maple, but it was all curly. So I milled them up, took them home, and my uh, kind of my my agreement with him was I'd make him a couple of turkey calls out of these curly maple boards. So the last couple of days and weekends, I have spent been spending some time turning these little turkey calls. Mm. And they are uh, cool. nice little curly maple. That's one of them. Um, this was my test one. It had some weird like wormholes. I don't know if you can see that on that sound hole. It looks like it's torn out. Mm. It's actually not. It's a wormhole. Uh, but I stabilized them in some green epoxy um, to stabilize them with some green cactus juice. So they're really nice and curly. Uh, it it sounds great. <laughs> sounds like a turkey. Couldn't be more happy with it. Um, I have the, the ones one. I see in high V never make a sound. <laughs> oh, they don't. Oh, <laughs> I've been doing this wrong then. <laughs> I said, I've never heard him make a sound. <laughs> I'm impressed. Uh, I must not be paying attention. Yeah, you're obviously not paying attention. High V is a grocery uh, store. Yes, high V is a grocery oh, store for all yeah, you non Midwesterners. <laughs> uh, so my the the next so I I told him uh, I told. Uh, Jim, that I would make him three of them. One for him, one for his son, and then one for his brother, um, who happened to be my neighbor growing up. Uh, and so I'm working on number two. That first one was kind of my test piece to see how everything works because there's a lot that goes into these. Like, these are basically a musical instrument, right? There's mm -hmm. sound boards in them. There's everything. So this is my second one. So that's the bottom of it. Um, You're kind of cool, and, yeah, I have currently turned, and I've turned inside. There's a glass soundboard in there right now. Um, so that soundboard just got glued in about an hour before we started recording. So once that's done gluing in, I will take my piece of slate and glue that on the top. We'll see how this one sounds. Uh, but God, holy cow, I, t I messaged Jim right before we started recording and said, dude, these are so fun. Like I'm ordering more, I'm ordering more material. I ordered way more than I needed anyways. I'm going to order more because these are an absolute blast to turn. Um, you know, it's, I, I'm going to make myself one because what's better than turning the lathe on and making a turkey call, shooting a turkey with a turkey call that you made. So 
I know Becky doesn't like my hunting, but you know, uh, I think it'll be fun. I, I you can talk to turkeys all you want. It. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I was gonna say I've seen I've seen Tom strutting in my backyard the last couple of weeks. Um, so I went out to test this one early this morning. I had no takers, so maybe they just didn't <laughs> like the sound. So, but yeah, so that's kind of what I've been working on. I also I have a couple of those Matt Cremona chair kits that I need to bring into the studio to get some photos mm-hmm. done. So. Yeah, it's been a fun, fun couple days waiting on artists to get my artwork done so I can keep going on my magazine stuff. Stinking artists. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so there you guys have it. That was another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. Thank you guys for listening. One question. Yes. Do we we do comments here, right? People put in comments and say whatever. They can. They can email us. Yeah. All right. So if anybody, I'm going to here. I'm going to do one. I'm going to do one more plug for a fossil here. Okay. So if, any, if anybody's interested, if anybody's interested or has questions about the house that you live in, send them in. And if, if yes. we get enough of them, maybe I'll do a podcast where I can answer questions. I spent a lot of time, a lot of years working on houses, uh, basically in the upper Midwest. There's some differences around the country, but I'm, I have access to people and buddies in the building industry that if you live in Atlanta, you don't build the way you do in Denver. So most, a lot of guys out there know that. But so if you have questions about your house and you're interested, drop a line or drop an email to eLoggy at a media if you want to. And yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'll what I will do is I will put Eric's uh, email in the uh, show notes page on our website. Uh, so you guys can send me an email if you do have questions about your house. Um, Eric's been talking a long time about getting a podcast going. So I would love for you guys to send in your questions so Eric can get that rolling. Uh, and then he can have me as a guest on That's right. Podcast. I can have these guys on. So, And just a reminder to make sure you guys uh, go wherever you listen to these podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Leave comments if you have them. Send us questions in. If you guys are watching this on YouTube and seeing our ugly mugs, uh, leave a comment there, and we will try to answer as many as we can. And until next time, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you again next week. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Shaper Tools, the makers of the Shaper Origin. It's the handheld CNC router that brings digital precision to the craft of woodworking. Take advantage of Shaper's spring deal where you can save $150 in added accessories by March 28th. Visit shapertools.com to learn more about how you can upgrade your workshop with the Shaper Origin.